Hello and welcome to Money Talk by X Hedge. I'm Dean, your host for this episode. In this episode, we will be talking about a report that we have recently published. If you want to read our full report, be sure to visit our website or go to our Medium page. We will try to summarize as much as we can on the four themes that have shaped the quarter. Now, let's not waste much time and get down to business. First theme, layoffs. Many companies have been announcing layoffs from the beginning of 2023 up until the quarter ends. One of the most shocking news was when Amazon announced that they are going to raise their numbers from 10,000 people being laid off to 18,000 and that's only 4 days after the year have started. The same sentiment have been echoed in the finance sector in which Goldman Sachs have announced that they are going to cut around 3,200 jobs. And that is a number that Goldman Sachs have never seen since the 2008 financial crisis. So why all of this? As for the tech sector, we would attribute the downfall to overhiring when COVID hits. So when the COVID-19 pandemic hits in 2019, everyone is locked at home and everyone is forced to look at nothing but their gadgets. So where do they turn to? Some of them they go for social media and some of them they want to buy things online. So companies like Amazon or social media companies or tech companies like Meta or TikTok, they are making a lot of money. However, as COVID-19 restriction eases as time goes by, people are going out more and they're spending less time on their gadget, relatively speaking. And this somewhat drives many of this revenue down. And that is not yet including the fact that the economy is in such a tight position. Inflation is amazingly high and interest rate is not very much far from it. So companies are looking at higher cost and lesser profit. They need to find a way to pivot and try to save costs as much as possible. So how do they do this? Well, sadly enough, the solution that they find is by cutting the personals. And this is the same case for both tech and finance sector. The tight economy is forcing companies to change their strategy and to reduce their costs as much as possible. Now, we are talking about reduced growth in earnings, reduced growth in profit, and on top of that, we have a very tight economy. So companies are trying to do as much as possible to try and survive these challenging times. Now we will move to our next theme. Just as a note for our listeners, this podcast is not very much comprehensive. So if you want more insights, feel free to check our website and Medium page to get and download our full report there. Now inflation. What more do we have to say? Inflation is high and interest rate is also high. And these two are not the smoking buddies that you want to be seen together. But enough of that, now let's have a look at how market actually perceive inflation and all of these economic factors. Now, on the 4th of January 2023, the Federal Reserve released its minutes from the previous December meeting, in which the officials mentioned that they are expecting higher interest rate as time goes by. And the market was super anxious. Having heard what the meeting had to say, the S&P 500 closed around 1.16% lower as when it opens. And sadly enough, 
the highest point for the day was the point when the market opened. So that's how anxious the market was. And this anxiety is kind of like a pendulum. It doesn't just swing on one side, it goes on both sides. And we should call it hope. A hope that perhaps there is light at the end of the tunnel. And everyone is quite excited when a little bit of good news comes along. Because who doesn't want to believe in good news, right? A day after the minute was released, the non-farm payroll data was released in which private sector employment rose by 235,000 in December, which is higher than estimated. The market, however, took this as a sign that the market is strong and that people will have more money to spend. And this sentiment was reflected in a 2.28% increase from S&P 500 opens to close. Now, mind you, this is at a point where the market is not yet aware on what a high non-farm payroll actually brings. And here it comes. On February 2nd, 2023, the Federal Reserve raised interest rate again. And it is now obvious to everyone that they would do anything to bring down inflation. Now, this is a point where the market finally realizes that non-farm payroll that is high is not necessarily good. It is a good sign that people are employed, but a strong labor market indicates that inflation might stay there for a while. And that sort of indication also indicates that Federal Reserve is gonna come in and raise interest rate again and again, and sort of like try to slow down the market, which is not a good sign for investors or business. So ever since then, everyone is anticipating every announcement that is made by the government. Well, I mean, not every single one of it, but a lot of it will move the market heavily. And this is a movement that I would call as a movement amplified by fear and anxiety. All of those things, however, boils down to our third theme, which is banking crisis, which we will discuss in a while. Now, as the banking crisis happens, People are expecting the Federal Reserve to slow down on interest rate hikes and the life-changing point is going to be this May when Federal Reserve is going to have their meetings and decide whether to raise interest rate or not. I guess it's a game of chickens for everyone now. Now our third theme, banking crisis. But before that, we will take a little break. So banking crisis. The banking crisis have actually started way earlier in January of 2023. This is a point where the shares of Silvergate Bank fell by 42.7% given how FTX was one of Silvergate's biggest customer. To add up to the pain, Silvergate's fourth quarter report came out worse than expected and its share price declined again. Now not enough with that, Silvergate Capital, Silvergate Bank's parent company, they delayed in releasing the company's 10K form which is its annual report and the people does not look at it as a good sign. 
Silvergate Capital's share value dropped by 50% in response to that. And exactly a week after that, they decided that they cannot continue with their business anymore and Silvergate Bank was liquidated. And that apparently is just the beginning. Silvergate's fall was apparently followed by Silicon Valley Bank. Now a day after the fall of Silvergate Bank, Silicon Valley Bank decided that they had to raise capital for the sum of around $2 billion and that is not a good point for when banks want to raise their capital. It shows that there is something wrong with your finance. And here's the thing, people are already scared and when you point something out that people can perceive as having a problem, then people are going to panic. And that's what happened to Silicon Valley Bank or shall we call it SVB. The problem with SVB however, it started way before that. SVB was making good money, like they're making a lot. However, they invested a large chunk of their deposit into long-term assets such as treasury bonds and things like that. And most of its deposit are not insured. So when a lot of people withdraw their money and perhaps it is a lot more than what SVB even expected, SVB is now struggling for cash. Why? Because a lot of their deposits are invested in treasury bonds and things like that. So how are they going to get money for them to fulfill the withdrawal request from their customers? By raising capital. But the thing is, when you raise capital at that point, people would think that there is something wrong with your finance. Why do you need to raise money at a point in which a lot of other banks are running on a brittle bridge? So that caused panic and people withdraw their money from Silicon Valley Bank, which apparently resulted to SVB being seized by the FDIC. Now, the whole sentiment in the market was bad. And Wells Fargo saw its share price fall by 7.13% from March 10th to March 13th, in which Goldman Sachs also saw a 3.71% fall and JP Morgan Chase saw its share price fall by 1.8% over the same period. As if two banks are not enough, the third time is the charm or so they say, and the next bank to fall is Signature Bank, in which it was attributed to systemic risk. The banking crisis in America apparently is echoed globally. Credit Suisse was the next target. Credit Suisse story, however, is not something very far away from gossips and scandals. We will not delve into the details of it, you can find that in our report. But long story short, it came to a point where Amar al-Khudairi, Saudi National Bank's chairman, decided to say that they are not going to invest more in Credit Suisse, given how Credit Suisse is struggling with investors' confidence. And that worked like a charm in a very bad way and Credit Suisse was losing so much of its shares up to a point that the government had to intervene and its arch rival UBS had to buy Credit Suisse. This came to a point where government officials and regulatory body had to intervene and there was this time where Olaf Scholz, the Chancellor of Germany, had to intervene and convince the people that Deutsche Bank is making money and is profitable as to just calm the market down. The Federal Reserve introduced a bank term lending program, which is a loan to banks with a term of up to one year. And the way that the program works is that banks, saving associations, credit unions and things like that, 
they will have to pledge collaterals to the Federal Reserve Banks, which will be valued at par value. These collaterals are considered risk-free assets such as the US Treasuries, US Agency Securities, and US Agency Mortgage-Backed Securities. The central banks of a few countries and the Federal Reserve had to also come together and try to improve the liquidity of the US dollars and other foreign currencies. And all of this is followed by all the foreign banks, or at least most of it, being bought by other banks or financial institutions, in which it sort of calmed the market down, and thankfully the quarter ended positive. Now we will move to our last theme, which is artificial intelligence. It is not something new. The concept of artificial intelligence have been discussed since 1951, where it marks the first point that a successful AI program was written, and it was used in finance since the 1980s. So let's not act like it's something new. However, generative AI is perhaps something new. In 2022, OpenAI, the same company that owns ChatGPT, they announced the launch of what is called as DOL-E2. It is an AI software that is able to generate images based on word prompts. This took the internet by storm. I mean, the quality of the image is not as good. But the thing about bad images is that they are good for making memes. So there are a lot of memes going around the internet that is being generated by DOL-E2. Now before the dust settles down, OpenAI decided to launch ChatGPT at the end of 2022 and that took the internet by storm for real. You can ask ChatGPT to do a lot of things just by using word prompts. You can provide ChatGPT with instructions, for example, hey ChatGPT, write us an article about what shaped the quarter. And boom, our report does not come out because we tailor it by our own hands and we do not use ChatGPT for that, but we wish we did to save up our time. ChatGPT undeniably helped a lot of people in at least reducing the time that they need to complete their work. Now, by January 2023, ChatGPT have already garnered around 100 million users. And that is a massive amount of users gathered in such a short time. ChatGPT is definitely not the first, but at least it's the first to tell their competitors that it is about time that everyone starts taking it seriously. And that's what Microsoft did when they decided to invest around $10 billion in OpenAI, the company that owned ChatGPT. Now everyone is starting to jump in on the hype where Google decided to launch its Bard AI and Microsoft tried to up their game by incorporating ChatGPT into its Bing application and it did gain a lot of tractions and you can see in many cases Microsoft's share price actually increased over time. And sadly for Google, the sentiment of the market was clear that they cannot be bringing the same thing as ChatGPT because people are already used to ChatGPT what they need to do is that they have to provide better solutions, not the same solution. On the other side of the spectrum, Meta announced in February that they are also working on their AI system for Instagram, Messenger and WhatsApp. 
and Snapchat also followed suit in which they incorporated ChatGPT into their app which they call as MyAI and it is only for their Snapchat Plus subscribers. So after that, Google decided to change their way a bit in which they announced their new health initiatives and partnerships in which it is said that this AI system will be able to help you with your health concern and the market liked it so Alphabet's share price went up by 4.38% in the span of just one day. Oh and that is also followed by Anthropic's launch of their own large language model. Um, just to let you know, Anthropic is a company backed by Alphabet. On the other far side of the globe, you can see China's Baidu, they started to launch their Ernie AI in which it was dubbed as the competitor to ChatGPT. And you can see that the price of Baidu increased dramatically over the period, perhaps a sign that Ernie could be ChatGPT's competitor in a place where ChatGPT might not be allowed in the future. What we are trying to arrive at is AI have tremendously shaped the first quarter of 2023 and you can see it reflected in for example exchange traded funds. You can look at a lot of ETFs relating to artificial intelligence in which their share price or their profit margin are going up at a tremendous amount. So to sum things up, there are four main themes that have shaped the first quarter of 2023. The first one being layoffs or cost-cutting of companies given how the economic backdrop is looking. The second one is inflation and everything related to the macroeconomic landscape of the US economy, be it announcements, any speeches made by officials or any other things related to it. All of this will move the market tremendously, so you will have to be careful when you place your bet. The third being the banking crisis in which it has sort of like soothed down a bit, however one can never be too sure. So you are advised to keep your eyes open for possibilities. And the last theme for the quarter is artificial intelligence, which is led by OpenAI's ChatGPT and now everyone's talking about it and everyone wants a piece of the pie. So I suppose listeners that is it for our episode today. Please share our episode and if you have any comments, questions or suggestions, drop by our email hello at xhatch.com or you can just drop by just to say hi. This episode is produced by Shafika, Luke is our fact checker, Hong is with our portfolio management and I'm Dean, your host for today. Thank you for staying with Money Talk with XHatch. See you on our next episode.